The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship to celebrate Holy Communion this day. As is our custom on the first Sunday of the month, we especially welcome visitors. If you are new to us, please help us to get to know you by name following the service. Join us, if you will, for a Dish to Pass luncheon downstairs following worship. We invite those so interested to note in the red pads as they come along later in the service, interest in membership here. And we encourage one and all either to begin or continue the practice of disciplined giving, tithing, and abundant generosity. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly pray that as your only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple, so we may be presented to you with pure and clean hearts by Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. Lesson from the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. The word of the Lord. 
lesson from Paul's epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Since, therefore, the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 24 with the Antiphon. up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Glory be to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in the arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. February 2nd, 2020. Candlemas, Groundhog Day. The feast of the presentation and the celebration of the blessing of the candles and a simple, ordinary, secular holiday. Two turtle doves, as it were. Sometimes it's not the great mysteries, but the minima mysteriorum, the minimal, small mysteries that feed 
that save, that guide, that is. A candle, a shadow. Light a candle, watch a shadow. I think there's a sporting event later today, if I remember right, as well. So one candle mass. To our knowledge and recollection, this is the first time in the history of Marsh Chapel that we have paused to substitute the regular readings for the candle mass presentation readings. Notice Luke, not Matthew. And we do so to recognize this turn, 40 days since the Feast of Incarnation, toward what is coming soon, Lent and Holy Week. It is a popular feast in the history of the Christian church. And it's about a candle, candles blessed. You know, nearly, it's about 18 and a half years ago, we lived through a dark time in this country following 9-11. Some of us can remember in that season a beautiful Puccini-like Laboim sort musical that came along and guided us. 525,600 minutes, that's a year long in the play Rent. But a lesser known, beautiful song from that production aided us. It was simply, light my candle. It's about young people living penniless in garrets in a large city. And one knocks on the other's door and says, do you have a match? Do you have a candle? Can someone light my candle? We'll allow a little metaphor today to intrude on our celebration of the Feast of Presentation. Meaning that each and every day someone is waiting for that match, that spark. This morning, there is a young man, it may well be, who is thinking about his next step in life, his next incarnation in work, his next form of study. Can someone light my candle? Here is a woman raising two children on her own. Can someone light my candle? Here is someone who has not been alone come winter for 50 winters all, and now again resting alone. Can someone light my candle? Here is a grandfather concerned about his grandson in military service halfway around the globe. Can someone light my candle? Here is a preacher searching for a word of faith in a pastoral voice toward a common hope with Australia burning and Asia coughing and government imploding and denomination exploding. And here we are. Can someone light my candle? This is the gift of Eucharist to us that once again we are offered a moment in which to accept our acceptance, connect with our connection, survive our own survival, and express our faith, said our friend last week following worship. Faith to begin is a personal, positive response to the question, does life have meaning? Faith is an affirmation, a yes, to the question of meaning. Some of you come early, and so you know that as we begin intercessory prayer 15 minutes before the prelude,
our sacristan, Mr. Ames, gently comes forward, courteously bows, turns and lights and lights. Our scripture (coughs) guides us in the lighting of such candles. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors. He who was tested in suffering can help those others so tested. And Simeon of great age, awaiting the consolation of Israel, the redemption of Jerusalem, and seeing with his own eyes the gift of the Messiah, who, as the gospel, as the gospel proclaims, comes for all. Luke seems to have mixed up a little bit the feasts of purification and presentation, but the point is is clear, Isabel. This child's birth is meant for the whole, the all, the globe, each and every one of us. So, in the history of the church, this celebration began in the fourth century. We have sermons attesting to it from Methodius and from Cyril of Jerusalem and from Gregory, and from the other Gregory, and from John of Chrysostom, and all. You may know the phrase, it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. But you know that phrase is not from Confucius, it's not from the scripture, it's not from Shakespeare, it's not from Proverbs, and it's not from Benjamin Franklin. It comes from a very modest sermon by a forgotten preacher, William Watkinson, in 1907. Said he, denunciatory rhetoric is always tempting, but what lasts and counts is a good example. It is far better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. So Kendalmas, this Lord's Day, Haunted we may be still, at least one here is, with the remembrance of Aeschylus on the lips of Robert Francis Kennedy two Sundays ago. In our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our despair and against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. Sometimes it's the minima mysteriorum, the little things that save and heal. Can somebody light that candle? And second, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Now I know there's still some contest among us about whether my ongoing assertion is true regarding Groundhog Day, that it is the finest of holidays. Not everyone quite fully yet agrees, but we're working together. You've agreed to disagree agreeably. In the ministry, you know, you work evenings and weekends, all holidays, and then nine to five. And those holidays, they involve, think Christmas Eve, doings, People, expectations, traditions, services, religion. And along comes Groundhog Day. None of it. No expectation, 
No service, well, it's Sunday, but no services otherwise. No doings, no people. You can lace up some rented hockey skates and take a turn on the rink if you like, but it's just a, a one day, an ordinary day, like every day. Monday's child is fair of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. Saturday's child works hard for a living. But the child who's born on the Sabbath day is happy, witty, bright, and gay every single ordinary day, like this one, carries a lingering shadow. Not just in western Pennsylvania. Watch that shadow. The lingering of meaning, community, belonging, and empowerment. We see it in our wisdom seeing. Some of these are from our uh, cultural inheritance sayings for this time of year. Waste not, want not. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of of cure. Slow and steady wins the day. Look before you leap. Some of them are familial. We had our curious ones. So when someone asked too many questions too repeatedly, the response would be, what are you, a journalist or writing a book? Or if you were wasting time, the wisdom saying would be, don't teach a pig to sing. It's a waste of time. Plus, it annoys the pig. Or, and there are national sayings for this time of year that we need to recall by heart. Here's one. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the restless refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the lost, the tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Of course, our fiercest sentinel protecting the extraordinary ordinary, the holiness of the everyday on Groundhog Day is your own New England Emily Webb, she who came forth from the imagination of Thornton Wilder, whose brother Amos Wilder was one of the great New Testament scholars of the last Century And that yank, simple Yankee English, Emily and George fall in love on the basis of a talking to she gives George at the soda fountain. They're married. You remember the preacher saying, once in a thousand times, this is interesting. You remember the preacher saying, a man looks pretty small at a wedding. All those good women standing shoulder to shoulder, making sure the knot is tied in a mighty public way. You remember the, the simplicity, the joy, and then the tragedy of her death in childbirth. She goes to the graveyard. She wants to return to bring her ghostly presence back to earth. They say, don't do it. It's too much. It's not wise. But if you must, pick the most ordinary, unimportant day of your life. So she picks, not quite February 2nd, February 11th, 1899, her 12th birthday. And it's morning in Grover's Corners. The snow is falling. Her father's come back in the overnight train from speaking at Hamilton College. Howie Newsom is making his deliveries. 
Her mother is cooking breakfast and calling to her to move along. There's a package there for you from George next door, your 12th birthday. And she, I can't find my blue ribbon. And her mother says, it's right there. It's right by your hand. It's so close to you. If it was a snake, it would bite you. And she backs up. The moment is too full. She says, Earth, you're too wonderful for anyone ever to realize you. In the the winter, the February moment. And her hymn, Papa, Mama, clocks ticking, food, coffee, breakfast, ironed dresses, hot baths, morning and evening. Where did we ever get the idea that there was something like a, an ordinary day? Every day is lastingly, marvelously extraordinary. Even February 2nd, year of our Lord, 2020. It was Erisib Kohak who said, the problem with pursuing the meeting of needs alone, even to the point of conspicuous consumption is that it misses the innermost human possibility to cherish beauty, know truth, do good, worship God. To cherish beauty, know truth, do good, worship God. Light a candle, Watch a shadow, Candlemas, Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2020. We'll give Matthew, whom we excised earlier, the last word in a portion of today's other gospel. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.
Please be seated. We welcome you again to the Nave of Marsh Chapel. Today is on this Holy Candlemas and Groundhog's Day. We value your presence with us, whether you are seated here in the pews, listening live on the radio or live stream, or later via our podcast. In a spirit of friendship, we ask those of you seated in the pews that you locate the red booklets at the end of each pew toward the center aisle and enter your name and contact information. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Today is a communion Sunday. All are welcome at God's table to partake in this holy meal. Wine will be served at the stations on the pulpit side, so on the side I'm standing on, and grape juice will be served at the stations on the lectern side. A gluten-free option is available upon request. A healing prayer station will also be available during communion under the first set of stained glass windows on the pulpit side for anyone who is seeking a moment of healing connection. Today, after the service, Dean Hill invites those interested to join him at the Frog Pond on Boston Common at 2 p.m. to celebrate Groundhog's Day by ice skating. Those interested can speak with the dean after the service. Tomorrow night is our first Bibles and Brews event for the semester at the BU Pub at 515. Students who are over 21, faculty and staff, are welcome to join us for a conversation on the danger of tyranny as we explore the text of 1 Samuel. Snacks will be provided. Please note that ecumenical worship will also meet alongside Bibles and Brews at the BU Pub tomorrow night. Uh, And now with some announcements from Music at Marsh Chapel, Dr. Scott Ellen Jarrett. Good morning, everyone. Two announcements today. First, in your bulletin is uh, a reminder about the Thurman Choir, who sang the first anthem with us this morning. They have rehearsal after church next Sunday, February 9th. If you'd like to join, you're welcome at any time. There's information here about all of the rehearsal schedule for the semester. Please be reminded. The second important announcement is that the third installment of our annual survey of Bacchantadas, called the Bach Experience, resumes next Sunday morning with Cantata 16, Herr Gott, dich loben wir, or Lord God, we praise you. And uh, as usual, we begin at 9.45 with a Bach experience with uh, an informal lecture with all of the musicians for about 30 minutes, followed by breakfast downstairs with the musicians, followed by uh, chapel service at 11 in the broadcast with the full performance of the cantata. This year's survey features all uh, cantatas that Bach wrote for New Year's Day. So they are joyful cantatas, um, and they look forward to um, everything that we think about in um, January, though that feels like eight years ago, January 1st now. (laughs) Please come next week, 945. We hope to see you there. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. For all of their news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
thou in whose light we see light, bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself our light and our salvation and now we give you thanks because by appearing in the temple he brings his peace to the world the word made flesh searches the hearts of all your people to bring to light the brightness of your splendor by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>